Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and Mike Brown to episode oh my 108 God. of TLDR Podcast. What? Wait for it. I just got a trade request from Mike Brown in our yep. fantasy football league. Did anyone else see this so far? Uh, no, but I, I got mean, one. No. I think we all got trade requests, to be honest. I didn't okay, get one. Well, what the fuck, Mike? My trade request was I'm giving up Christian McCaffrey and I get Mason Crosby. Oh, he's on what the PUP list. What? He's on the PUP list. He's not even eligible to play right now. Yeah. So it's fantasy football season, apparently. Uh, Mike, that's a whole new one. Congrats, buddy. Uh, <laughs> I'm probably going to decline it, but you never know. I you could you could convince me. Um, but really, realistically, the best thing is all four of us are back. Traden is back from his giant road trip. So Traden, how Brown was that? Just texted me. Sorry. Literally, <laughs> he just texted me about fantasy football as you were talking. That's insane. And there we go. He knows. Uh, Tyler, I don't care about that anymore. Sorry. We're moving on. Sorry, Traden. How, Sorry, Traden. Was your, how was your trip? It will, uh, you know, uh, before you got on, Alex, uh, um, I, Tyler asked me this, and I'll say the same thing. It was very eventful, both you know, planned events, unplanned events. It was an absolute shit show at times, but it was all great. Um, you know, it was all great fun. It builds character, all those, uh, all those little mishaps that, that you experience. Um, but it was good. Um, got, got to see my cousin get married, which was, which was very special. Um, and I'm back. We made it back in one piece. So that's all that really matters. Yeah, that is very true. And how was, um, Kylie's birthday? His birthday was fun. It coincides with a bunch of other shit that happens in July with my family. My dad's birthday, my sister's birthday, uh, my my parents' uh, anniversary. It's just a fucking shit show. So one day we like just celebrate everything, um, and it was good. Um, we get we get to celebrate her birthday um, next week. We're going to a concert, so that'll be nice. Nice. And James, how are you doing? I'm good, dude. I'm excited that all four of us are back now. Trade made it back in one piece. Was not eaten by a turtle or a shark. Whatever, whatever we're going with. At no, the time. but what's funny, I, you guys mentioned poutine, and I was definitely eating poutine as I was listening to the podcast last week. <laughs> <laughs> you eat anything else but poutine? Uh, no, yeah, but not really. You almost said no. <laughs> <laughs> Never had poutine. Would like to try it. Oh my god, you'd love it. I have not either. Uh, okay, James is good. Tyler, you spent the day in the ER. Um, <laughs> not for yourself, though, luckily. Oh, yeah. Uh, where Where are you? Your background's a little different. Yeah. Um, I'm at a hotel. Uh, I'm in North Carolina doing a USA baseball camp. Um, they invited me back last year, so I, I guess I did a barely good enough job to be asked back to come. Um, but yeah, it's been good. So North Carolina, very different. Uh, Freaking rain and thunderstorms in July. It's not at all like California, but it's always a good time. Fun to be around these uh, some of the top top new talent coming through the system. Uh, two of the top five draft picks in MLB uh, were at the camp I worked last year. Um, so it's definitely pretty cool to be a part of it and kind of see these kids before they get uh, signed to, to some big league clubs. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely fun. Uh, but, yeah, the little, little side trip to the ER today. Kid's fine, just a little bit uh, de- dehydrated. Just needed to get some IV in him, but he'll be okay. Pedialyte, my man. Pedialyte. Oh, yeah. All <laughs> That's that. the answer. Um, sweet. Well, I'm glad we're all back. Um, we're going to take a quick break. And then because trade in just came from the Great White North, we're going to start with hockey. All right, everybody. Welcome 
back to the first segment of episode 108. Uh, some stuff went down in the National Hockey League while Traden was gone, so it's a good time to talk about it. Traden, take it away. Yes, there has been quite a uh, lot that's happened since we talked last about the offseason um, moves. Uh, I believe I believe I had one segment with you guys where we talked about the big moves on day one of, um, of free agency. Uh, well, there's a lot that has happened and some that has not ha- has yet to happen that we're going to talk about. But the biggest news, I would say, um, and actually, we, I know we had already talked about um, this team. Um, we, we, you know, we talked about uh, Johnny Goudreau going over to uh, Columbus. And at that point, when I went home, when I obviously when I went to my parents home, um, uh, we went up to Canada. You know, obviously, I ha- I'm, I'm a, with a family full of Oilers fans. Some Calgary fans are, are on the other side on my mom's side. So it's, we always have a little bit of banter. Um, but at the end of the day, it was crazy to see what was unfolding behind, you know, before our eyes, because there's not much going on in, in Alberta besides hockey. So that's all they talk about. And, you know, all you hear about is, is what's happening to the Calgary Flames, what's happening to the Edmonton Oilers. And you're seeing the Calgary Flames, you know, at one point during the during my vacation, I thought that the Flames would were going down in flames. I thought that they were going to be an absolute shit show um, because they lost God, Journey Goudreau. We heard that um, Matthew Kachuk was like, I'm not signing him. I'm, I want to trade. And basically that was putting Calgary in a position where they'd have to trade Matthew Kachuk for seemingly not what he's worth. Although it seems like that may not have actually happened. Uh, it seems like the flames actually uh, actually made a move. Um, And, you know, I think at the end of the day, the team's in a little bit better position than I thought they were a week, a week or two ago. Um, But just to give everyone an update, uh, the Calgary flames traded Matthew Kachuk and a fourth round pick to the Florida Panthers in exchange for uh, Jonathan Huberto, Mackenzie Weger, Cole Schwint, who is a uh, age or is like a prospect and a 2025 first round pick which is conditional, mostly, most likely the condition is lottery. Yeah, it's lottery protected. So that means it can't be a lottery pick. James, I want to ask you, um, what are your thoughts on the trade? And I guess, what were your thoughts on, on Calgary going into, you know, going into last week before we heard about the Matthew Kachuk trade? Um, I actually felt pretty good about Calgary going into the Matthew Kachuk trade. And even after the Kachuk trade, I've, they're not bad, dude. Huberto is a great player. He's like a really good wing. And Mackenzie Weger is also really good on a defender. Like they got back a decent amount for that trade. And people are coming down because these are just two big names. Johnny G, Matthew Tuchuk, big names, right? But you get back some decent players too. And honestly, you were losing the two players that probably couldn't handle Daryl Sutter's system. Johnny G, let's be real, man. That guy's a little soft. He was second in scoring points last year, but just look at him. He's he's not built for Sutter's physical system. On the other hand, you got Huberdeau and Uyghur, who are pretty much there. They're ready to play, and I, <laughs> I really don't think that the Flames lost out on that much. Yeah, I I actually agree with you here. Um, look, the, the the biggest the biggest thing that everyone is is hammering on Calgary is the fact that Jonathan Huberto and Mackenzie Weger both are are um, UFAs after this year my my my, but you also can say you got a prospect a a pretty decent prospect as well as a first round pick um, in a future draft to me I thought that Matthew Kachuk would be moved for a lot less and you do have 
you do the flames now have a whole year to convince Jonathan Huberto and McKenzie weaker to, uh, you know, to sign, um, Jonathan Huberto is going to, is not a, def, is not an, uh, defensive, uh, uh, guy by any stretch of the matter, but he is going to a team that is very defensive, um, and very, very well-rounded defensively. And I think that he's going to be able to fit in nicely with his, you know, higher risk, uh, pro, uh, you know, style of play. Mackenzie Weger is a very good defenseman, as you said, James, on, going on to a team that already has a pretty strong um, back end. Uh, and I think that that just only bolsters their back end. Um, and you're losing Matthew Kachuk, who uh, I guess I want to ask you, Tyler. Matthew Kachuk was a hundred point getter, uh, had, had quite a breakout season last season. Uh, are we going to see that happen again? Oh, it's a great question. It's, I feel like maybe, maybe not just because of the depth of the Florida Panthers have, I feel like they're going to spread the offense a little bit more than the, perhaps they did in Calgary because Calgary is much more, de- uh, much more defensive first and Florida is much more offensive first. Um, so, you know, I think, I think he'll have a great a season there, there in Florida. Um, but I don't know. I don't, I don't, I, I think he's, his numbers will come down a little bit just because I feel like he's on a team that, that has a lot more scoring options than perhaps Calgary did. But, but Tyler, he was traded for Jonathan Huberto, who had 115 points. I mean, like you're saying that the Florida Panthers have a really good offense that can distribute the puck easily, but Huberto had 115 points. Tuchuk also had 100 plus points. Why can't they? Why can't Tuchuk have that same amount of success in Carolina? He could. I just don't think he will. Florida. Okay. I, I, you know, it, he's it, got the talent to do. It. I just, I, I guess I just, I think that it's a, it's a different system. Um, yeah. He, and I, I don't know. I, I think Kachuk also adds that physical element that perhaps Huberto doesn't quite have. Yeah. Um, I mean, James, to your point, it, it you know, J- Jonathan Huberto had a, had, had a fantastic season. I think he's actually going to even do better with Mangiapane and Toffoli. I think he's just going to, he's going to look like an absolute stud. Matthew Kachuk's losing to Foley and he's losing Mangiapane. I think that they did a lot to help him. And actually Johnny, I'm sorry, Johnny G that he did a lot to help um, Matthew Kachuk. Yeah. Matthew Kachuk still has Barkov, but Barkov is, while he's an amazing player, I just don't know if, if they need it. I think he needs a third guy and maybe he, maybe he won't be able to break that hundred point barrier. Maybe he will. Um, um, we'll, we'll have to see, but you're going to be dealing with a team that got weaker defensively and, uh, and have goaltending issues or at least question marks, which leads me to my, to Alex, your question, my question for you, do you think that the Panthers overpaid and how do you feel about the Panthers going into the, the next, uh, this next season? Uh, I definitely, well, I don't know if, I guess if the Panthers did not think that they had a shot to re-sign Huberto, then they did not overpay. Like if they, if they, you know, were looking at the books and thinking, okay, Huberto's UFA after this year, maybe there's some internal whatever that we'll never know about. And, you know, Florida was not feeling great about re-signing him. And they saw this opportunity to get a guy who is roughly comparable in skill, I think is like a good way to put it. They're different players, but they are, you know, on relatively the same level. Um, and they said, this is the time. Um, if anything, Calgary, you know, got almost kind of lucky, I guess, in the other direction. Um, I mean, if they can re-sign Huberto, then you're good to go. But, um, I still think Florida probably took a step back. I would take Huberto over to Chuck or, uh, just personally, but, um, 
I don't think they're going to be the president's trophy winner again. Um, you know, well, we'll have to see, but I think it was probably a move that will eventually benefit both teams, but, uh, on the outside, it was real strange at the beginning. Yeah, it, it, it was, you're absolutely right. It was real strange early on, but I guess, if you we if we look at Florida Panthers season, they had a fantastic regular season, no problem there. They were an easy out in the playoffs. They look they look bad in the playoffs. Um, I would even argue that they look bad in the first round. Um, and then and then Tampa Bay came in and just absolutely mollywhopped them, and it wasn't even a it wasn't even a chance for uh, for Florida. And I just think that they needed more grit, and I think that this is their opportunity to do that. Weakening your def- defensive core, I think, is a big pro- is a big step back personally. Um, Jonathan losing Jonathan Huberto. I, I mean, I mean, especially if you're bringing in Matthew Kachuk, if he can provide the same type of, um, offensive, um, um, capabilities as you were, as you know, at least, or at least a fraction of it from, uh, that you got from, from Huberto, I think it's fine. Um, but they, they, the Florida Panthers have spent a lot of money and a lot of assets to get, to get this team that looked absolutely dog shit in the playoffs. So, they need to find a way to get better defensively and maybe Matthew Kachuk's a step in the right, that direction, but um, a $9.5 million net Matthew Kachuk is, is insane to me. Um, and that, that's just a, per, that's just personal. And maybe I'm comparing him to, to, uh, to our own Leon dry to my own, who is 8.5. And I would take Leon dry over Matthew Kachuk any day of the week. And not, I'm not, and that's not just bias. I mean, I mean, I think anybody on this podcast can agree with that. So um, it just seems like a huge overpay, but we'll have to see how, how it, um, it shakes out. It was interesting. Nonetheless. Um, did you guys have anything else to say about the, the, the Calgary flames going into the offseason? There must be something else going on in Calgary that like, maybe we just don't know about because obviously they offered Johnny G a shit ton of money. And he pretty much was like, yeah. it's about the money. I don't want to be in Calgary anymore. And his whole thing was like, I want to be closer to family, blah, blah, blah. But he's from New Jersey, I think. So he yeah. could have picked the Devils, any of the Pennsylvania teams, yeah. any of the New York teams, didn't do it. Ended up going to, into Ohio. Obviously, Matthew wanted out. So, like, maybe they just didn't gel with D Sutts and they're like, I want out. But it seems like, you know, Calgary winning the Pacific kind of came out of nowhere, really, you know, played well-ish in the first round. The Oilers, you know, obviously bounced them, but they yeah. looked like they had the building blocks to, like, really start doing something, and now they're, like, it feels like they're kind of taking a step back, and I wonder if it's a, a Daryl Sutter thing, a front office thing, uh, I think knows, athletic trainer thing, probably, most likely. I've heard those are pretty <laughs> shit people, but... Yeah, definitely. Don't be an AT. No, you know... It, Alex, I spent a lot of time listening to a lot of different, you know, takes on this, whether it's fans of fans of Calgary, who I'm, you know, relatives of, um, or, you know, Oilers me, I listened to a lot of Oilers media and, you know, they, they obviously have a reason to follow (laughs) that, follow this, um, especially because the Calgary flames are, you know, their, their foil, their rival. Um, it seems like Sutter, I think, is it is kind of a consensus um, reason. I think James kind of alluded to that. Um, on top of that, I think it stems it goes back to the COVID period, and the Canadian teams had it a lot harder than the American teams. And I think a lot of those American players th- are thinking twice about signing in Canada. And I think that that I think that that had a little bit to do with it too. Whether that's fair or not, I 
it's, it doesn't really matter. Uh, it does seem like that did play a little bit of a factor. Uh, at least that's, that's what we're kind of hearing rumor wise. So um, I think that they just wanted to be back home. And um, I know that he's not home home, but at least he's a lot closer to home than he was. Uh, as for Matthew Kachuk going to Florida, I mean, I don't think he really had a, cha- a choice. He, he was get he just wanted out. Um, but um, you know, he's, he's certainly going to be uh, um, in a lot warmer climate. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and there's no state tax. So I'm sure he's going to fucking love that. Um, and he's going to love his 9.5 mil. Um, let's, let's move on. Um, we have a couple UFAs that have yet to be signed. The biggest one is Nazem Kadri. Uh, Tyler, what are your thoughts? Where's, where's Nazem Kadri going to go? He hasn't re-signed with, with, with Colorado. There's rumblings other places. Where, where, where do you have him pegged? Yeah, I mean, we talked about a couple weeks ago. You know, I think, I think he might be a good fit for our LA Kings. Um, oh, I, by our, I mean Alex and I. Uh, I mean, look, the Kings are looking to make a splash. You know, they're, they're, they're in a position where, you know, they're, they're their team. They made, they made the postseason last year, almost knocked out the Oilers in the first round. They're starting to look like the King, the Kings team that contend. They just need kind of that, maybe a couple other kind of big splash pieces. I think, you know, Kadri may not be the best name out there at right now. Um, so that's why I'm a little hesitant to like go full goal on this guy. I think that they need to be smart about a contract with him. Um, but he's obviously, he's, 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 a, he's, a, he's a champ. Um, I think the Kings, I don't know what their cap space is on top of my head, but I know Dustin Brown is retired. So I'm sure that opened up. Um, um, some cap space for him. Um, I don't, I don't, I, I see it. I see it as a good fit. He, I think he's a, he's a good veteran presence there uh, to kind of mix in with that young and upcoming uh, Kings players. So I don't know, Alex, do you agree with me on that one or am I a little bit out of my zone there? Uh, I don't think their cap space is in a position for them to do it. Um, I mean, obviously I would like him if we could, I, you know, there'd have to be some sort of like either, LIR thing or trades or something that would go down. I think the Kings only have like two and a half in cap space left oh, or something yeah. like that, uh, which is probably not enough for Kadri. Probably not. Um, <laughs> but not out there. Yeah. Uh, unless he's discount? like, oh. maybe he just like really wants to live in Los Angeles yeah. and he wants to be homies with LeBron. And he's like, yeah, I'll do it for two and a half mil. Why not? Maybe he really, really loves Kopitar. Which yeah. like make that would I hate to sense. burst. I hate to burst both your bubbles, but you have only one point five million of cap space, oh, and you shit. still have yet to sign Sean Dersey, who, in my opinion, uh, needs to be signed yesterday. All right. Uh, well, that didn't happen. Good job, Tyler. Way to go! No, you could trade Andre Kopitar because he no. needs to trade. His- <laughs> <laughs> that was her. That's my boy. You see, and by the, by signing Kevin Fiala the way you did, which I actually don't hate. I don't love, but I don't hate. Um, I actually like it. Um, you kind of signed away um, any chance of Nelson Kadri going to your team, unless you okay. can make a move. Um, and you, this, quick. you could, I guess you can move out. You can move out Jonathan quick. I don't know who's going to take a 5.8 goalie who needs a walker to get on the ice, but um, <laughs> crazy things happen in the end. <laughs> uh, Alex, do you have a, do you have a, Oh, actually, I'm sorry. Hold on, James. You were in, you were quick to say no to Tyler, so I want to I want you a chance to team or or at least call Tyler an idiot for whatever reason. Tyler's an idiot because Tyler's an idiot. There doesn't need to be a reason there. <laughs> Nazem Kadri is going to Calgary though. 
he's going to go to the Flames. Flames have 9.5 mil just sitting there right now. And yeah, I know they have to sign somebody, I forgot who, but that's going to take away 3 mil, which leaves them with 6 million still on the books. Losing out on Johnny G and trading away Matthew Chuck gave them a lot more cap space than they actually anticipated. So they can now refill that void of toughness that Matthew Chuck left with Nazem Kadri. And Nazem Kadri isn't tougher than Tuchuk, but he's still made from the same cloth. They still have some tenacity in them. They still have some grit in them. And to be honest, they really only have two centers on that team right now. They have Elias Lindholm, or yeah, and Math Mikhail, Michael, Michael, <laughs> Michael Backlund. Backlund. They, that's those are the only two they really have that are that can produce at the NHL level. So might as well get a Stanley Cup winning center in Dalton Kadri. Yeah, I like that. Um, I think there's a lot of rumors around Calgary, and I would not be shocked if he was once a, once again in um, back in Canada. Um, Alex, do you have a thought? I like the Calgary pick. Um, if he doesn't want to go to Canada, look out Detroit Red Wings. They've got like 10.2 in cap space. They're kind of on the up and up, hint, hint, for a little bit later on. Um, you know, it, <laughs> If he wants, if he wants a big contract, they seem to be going in the right direction. You know, the East was, it was very top heavy last year, but we might see a little bit of movement this year in case he's trying to like, if he wants to like be the dude somewhere, Detroit would be a good place to do it. Um, you know, Dylan Larkin's the captain. He's probably like the longest tenured Red Wing at this point. Um, but if he wants to go be a dude somewhere, uh, you know, obviously Detroit is pretty much Canada and it's really fucking cold there. So if he doesn't want to do that, I get it, but watch out for the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah. I, the, the Red Wings are very interesting. I, I think, I, I think Iserman uh, GM Iserman is, uh, you know, finally realizing or finally believing that it's time to at least step forward. And I think Nazem Kadri might be a good stepping stone. He is 31, so that's my that was one thing that would give me pause. He's a little bit older than I, and I know that adding him is not going to bring them close to a Stanley Cup because I think there's still a few players away. However, he could be a player that you could help um, build a, uh, build with and build around. So that's that's not a that would not be um, out of the realm of possibility there. So. Um, moving, uh, John Klingberg is, is another guy that, um, that I wanted to talk about, um, defenseman with the Dallas stars. He's not going to be signing there just really quick. James, do you have an idea where you might see John Klingberg go? Uh, New York Islanders, um, basically, but with the, the, the owner, the GM is believing that there's the contenders by firing Barry Trotz and kind of like saying out loud that, Hey, we, we should have been there. We just had a bad start to the season. We couldn't recover. They want an infusion of energy. And with that, the best defenseman on the market right now is Jonathan Klimberg. Or John, yeah, Klimberg. He is the, the best defenseman at this point. He doesn't have offensive prowess as much as everybody else, but defensively, he's great. So you might as well add somebody and add some infusion to that squad that needs some help. Yeah, I like that one. Um, how about you, Alex? Uh, another team that's had a very huge offseason, the Ottawa Senators. Uh, they need help on the defensive end. They've obviously made some huge pickups with Claude Giroux and Alex DeBrincat. Um, you know, they've only really got like, uh, is it Shabbat? Does he pronounce it Shabbat? Thomas, Shabbat. Um, Thomas Shabbat. Shabbat. Oh, Shabbat. Wow, what a butthole. Whatever. <laughs> got, he's, his, his, uh, I mean, his 8 million cap hit coming up is not great. But they're the rest of their defensemen looking at them like I don't recognize half their names, which is not a good start. 
Um, so if they're, if they're looking to shore up some defense, same kind of thing with the Red Wings. If they think that they've made leaps and bounds and can really make a big push for the you know playoff spot, John Klingberg would be helped. I love that pick. Ottawa Senators have gone have done great this offseason. Uh, Tyler, how about you? A little different direction. Um, I like him going to the Seattle Kraken. Uh, this is a, this is a franchise that's again trying to trying to re- reju- rejuvenate that fan base after a, a rough first first season. I think getting a guy like Klinberg in there um, can definitely hope boost some some of that fans' confidence that that team can you know kind of start moving towards the right direction. And they got a lot of cap space to work with. Yeah, I, I really like that. Um, I really like that pick too. Um, for me, I think Seattle is is a great. Uh, actually, Seattle and Ottawa are probably the two that I would say. Um, he would be options. James, I like, I like your pick as well. Um, you guys have great picks actually. Um, I mean, I, I, all of you are pretty close, but I would say Ottawa or, or Seattle are, are going to be, or be pretty neck and neck, probably give the, give the, um, give the, um, the weight to Ottawa just because I think they're more of a win now mode, but Seattle really needs a defenseman that can play top minutes um, at even strength and also quarterback, a power play unit that they need that. Um, especially if you want to kind of keep the fan base kind of happy. Um, especially if, if the Oilers don't end up trading Tyson Berry to Seattle, which I still think is going to happen. Um, but we'll see if that, see if that happens. Um, other than that, I just want to go around the horn and ask everybody who they're really liking at this off season point right now. Um, you know, there, there a lot of big moves. Some, some teams take a step back. Some teams made some big step forward. So uh, let's start with you, James. Who is your team you like going into um, the next season here? Ottawa Senators. Definitely got a whole lot better. Additions of Claude Giroux, Alex Brinkett, and a goalie in Cam Talbot by, and getting rid of Matt Murray. Like, this team is miles better than what they came into the offseason with. 100%. Um, I totally agree that, it, that they are going to take um, leaps and bounds. Um, and that will be very interesting. Um, what's very interesting about the Ottawa Senators is, is they obviously have Brady Kachuk. The Kachuk brothers are now in the same division. So that, that is, uh, that'll be very fun to watch them play five times a year um, and hopefully beat each other up. Tyler, what do you got? Uh, it's hard to argue against the Ottawa Senators. I think there's no doubt that they're the most improved team for sure. Um, just a team that I think is interesting. I don't know if it's necessarily I like them, but just I'm interested to see how their moves are going to play out. Is, is the Columbus Blue Jackets with the signing of Goudreau? And just kind of see if that if that's a good fit in, in Columbus. I feel like that's a team that kind of comes out of nowhere a lot and just kind of puts things together. So I'm, I'm kind of interested to see what Columbus does and see if that Goudreau fit is actually worth it. Yeah, uh, I, I again, you can't really you can't you can't argue against the uh, the Ottawa Senators here. What about you, um, Alex? I know you already kind of teased it, so you might as well say it. Well, I decided two. I did one team that made the playoffs last year that I think made themselves better, which is the Carolina Hurricanes. Mm-hmm. I mean, they pretty much took Max Pacioretty from the Vegas Golden Knights for nothing because the Knights are pieces of shit and have no idea what they're doing. Um, and then, the, you know, he's still a, you know, when healthy is still a 30 goal scorer, I think, um, you know, they got Brett Burns also from, from the Sharks for also not a whole bunch. Um, you know, he's obviously not the player he used to be, but um you know, just adding a little bit of veteran presence to a still pretty young Hurricanes team. Um, I think they've made moves to try to be like a real, real cup contender. Um, and then, yeah, the Detroit Red Wings, um, you know, very similar to the Ottawa Senators, um, David Perron, Andrew Kopp, um, Ben Sherry at Alimata. They've made big moves. Um, do I think they're a cup contender? No. 
I think they'll be better than they were last year. And I think they're on the right path. So if anything, they should just be an interesting team to watch to see what kind of steps forward they can take. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a great, that's a great pick. Um, I think, I think among those winners that are, are player teams that are in it, I think, I think Edmondson got better. Um, I think um, obviously I think Carolina, I agree with you. Carolina got better. Uh, seems like, uh, you know, obviously the teams that took a step back, I think Calgary's up there. Uh, I, Florida's up there in my opinion. I, <laughs> I have no idea what to think about Florida and Vegas continues to just absolutely fucking blow my mind. Um, and I, and it, it is their aggressive, their aggressive management is finally come crashing down on them. And it, we saw it last season and it's just continuing to, to, to do so. So um, that's all I have for the off season so far. I, I think it's going to start to quiet down. We'll obviously know what happens to Nazem Kadri and John Klingberg, as well as Sonny Milano, hopefully signs with the Oilers. That'd be awesome. Um, doubtful, but it'd be fun. Um, James, I'm sorry. I don't know if he's going to go back to Anaheim. Why would you ever come back to Anaheim? They suck. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you, you'd be a building block. Um, you'd be a building block, especially if so you build a, a chemistry with, uh, with um, the kid there. So uh, look, off season is kind of going to start to slow down. Like I mentioned, um, I'm, you know, I need, I need topics to think about. So, uh, or to talk about. So guys, if you have any ideas, let me know. Fans, let me know. Um, love to love to, you know, spice things up a bit with something new. Thank you. Trading. Uh, yeah. Spice it up. Uh, however you guys want. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we'll see Kadri and Klingberg signed by next week and we can maybe chit chat about where they're going and you know, what, what will have happened with them. But um, if not, We'll talk about what happens. Um, All right. We're going to take another quick break, and then James will be talking NFL football. Welcome back. Training camps have officially started, which means James is going to start his yearly running through the divisions, and we can all – Think about how stupid we are eight months from now when we uh, fucked up all of our standings picks. James, just just <laughs> tell us what we're gonna do. To be honest, though, like when we when we're right, we're right. But when we're wrong, we're really wrong. Like most of our picks that we decided we we're gonna go to playoffs, made playoffs, and then we also said that the Cincinnati Bengals were gonna be the worst team in the NFL, and they made it to the Super Bowl. <laughs> so <laughs> when we're right, we're right. When we're wrong, we're really, really, really wrong. Uh, this week we're going to start off with the NFC West, though. So it's kind of like the AFs or the AL East for baseball. Like this division was the best division. It sent three teams to playoffs, and like always, we'll start worst and go better from there. So finishing the season seven and ten was the Seattle Seahawks. They suck. <laughs> they suck a lot, which is great because I hate everything Seattle. They lost Russell Wilson in a trade, and they also cut Bobby Wagner. Those are two big ones right there. But they gained Noah Fant. Drew Locke and Shelby Harris. The number one pick in the draft was Charlie Cross, an offensive top guy of Mississippi State. Vegas currently has them has a win total of five point five for them. So, do you guys think they go over or under and why? Sorry, said which? What was the over under? Five point five. Okay, I'm um, gonna say the under. Why is uh, that? I'm gonna say the under big time because I think that losing. Losing the big cook there, Russell Wilson, I think is a huge, huge step back. I think at least at, at least in the last few years, we've I think we've seen him be able to outscore a lot of his a lot of the defensive issues the team had. 
Um, and without that scoring support, uh, I, I, I worry about that. At least it's a question mark. I, I see four wins from this team. Yeah. Tyler. Yeah, I would also go under. I think they're going to be right at five is kind of where I had them picked. Um, I just think losing a losing Russell Wilson, that's going to be hard to just come back from and win more than five games, I feel like, um, especially in that division. Um, I, think, I think it's going to be really, really tough for them. Um, and they've already, they've kind of been trending downwards a little bit the last uh, couple of years. And then you lose your franchise quarterback. Like that's just, I don't, I don't see them winning more than five. And Alex. Yeah. I've also got them under uh, five and 12. Um, I mean, Hey, at least if DK Metcalf decides he wants to play and Tyler Lockett, no fan, like that's not a bad top two receivers and tight end. It's just Drew Locke's throwing the football. So that's a problem. <laughs> didn't you say that uh the running back Rashad Penny was going to be one of your sleeper picks because they're never going to pass the ball because Drew Locke's their quarterback wasn't that you yeah all right good good stuff I also think under I think they're going to go with two wins they have no defense they have no offense <laughs> bye-bye Seattle it's nice <laughs> knowing you moving on to fancy here Drew Locke is the quarterback he's undrafted we're not going to talk about him at all Rashad Penny he's going as running back 33 pick 109.1 on average Right now, he's going right neck and neck with A.J. Dillon. So would you rather have Rashad Penny or A.J. Dillon? Well, now with Chris Carson retiring as of like this morning, you would I mean, at least he's an RB. He's an RB one on his own team. He will get majority of the workloads. I would take Penny. What about you guys? Yeah, I mean, I, I think this the fact that if you're not if you're the number one running back, you're getting most of the, especially at a team that is not going to have a, I will presume is not going to have a very great quarter uh, passing game. They're going to keep it on the ground, so that's pretty a simple simple one for me. Well, there's no nickels available, so I guess I'll take the penny. <laughs> oh my god, that was Fuck. bad. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> Alex, real fast. His pick right now is 109.1. How much higher do you think he'll be after the Chris Carson news? Uh, maybe like 10 picks, maybe like a round, a round up, maybe a round or two. Um, I mean, again, like it can't, he, he was a sleeper for a reason. I don't think he's going to start jumping into people's like actual RB ones on their team, but I could see him making it like a round or two jump. Okay, cool. Moving on to wide receivers, you got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, who Alex alluded to earlier. DK Metcalf is going as wide receiver 19, pick number 57, and Tyler Lockett's going as wide receiver 29, pick number 81. So you got to pick one wide receiver. Would you rather have DK in the sixth round or Tyler Lockett in the ninth round? Traden, who would you have? <laughs> I'm going to say uh, Lockett in the ninth. I think I think DK Metcalf at six, given the given the fact that we don't know what the fuck this offense is going to be like. I think that's a too big of a risk. Tyler. Uh, I, I guess Metcalf, I just feel like he just has that potential to be, to be that explosive guy. I, I mean, but then again, I feel like Lockett just is kind of, you kind of know what you're getting out of him. Uh, so I don't know. That's a, that's a, that's a tough one. I'm not, but I'm going to lean towards uh, Metcalf. Does it affect your answer at all to know that he's holding in? So he's like at training camp, but he's not practicing until he gets a new deal. I feel like more times than not, those issues do resolve. Um, so no. Okay. And then Alex. Uh, I'm going agree, to agree with trade-in. Um, you know, they're both of these wide receivers feel very, they're very boomer bust. Um, but, you know, I, I bet there's very comparable wide receivers kind of going around where Metcalf is at with better quarterback situation. So 
Um, I'd probably take Lockett and kind of hope for a big boomer bust kind of flex flex type player. I like that. Moving on to the next team, we have the San Francisco 49ers, my favorite team. Last season, 10 and 7. They made it to the NFC Championship game. In the offseason, they lost offensive guard Lakin Tomlinson, who was a pro bowler, a cornerback in Kawan Williams, running back Raheem Mostert, and pretty soon, Jimmy Garoppolo. They also gained a cornerback in Charvarius Ward, who went to, from the Chiefs, and a safety in George Odom, who is now the best player on the team, according to Eric, because he's a safety. In the draft, they went into the draft and picked up defensive lineman Drake Jackson out of USC. Vegas currently has a win total at 9.5. Over, under, and why? Alex, what do you think? I had a really tough time with this one, um, mostly because I hate the 49ers, obviously. Uh, <laughs> so I don't want to give them any credit. Um, I, I still don't know what they're doing with Jimmy G. I saw the quote that they, you know, uh, the coach Shanahan and Lynch and Jimmy G all met and they pretty much were like, yeah, man, we're moving on, but he's still on the team. They've had all off season to trade him. I don't know where they're going to trade him at this point. So it wouldn't really surprise me if he was still just kind of there. Um, cause I don't know what else they're going to do with him. Um, I'm going under, I think they go nine and eight. I just, don't I could be very wrong here, but I just don't have that much, you know, faith in Trey Lance right now. Tyler. I'm gonna go over. I think they go 10 and 7, which I believe was their record last year. Uh yes, the quarterback situation is very interesting. And it's it's I think a lot of people are kind of surprised that a lot of that this team is pegged to do as well with how kind of weird their quarterback situation is, but you gotta remember that this team is still very, very good in a lot of other areas. And they were very good last year and they made it all the way to the NFC championship game for a reason. Um, and you could arguably say their quarterback play was not one of those reasons. <laughs> um, oh, so you're not wrong. <laughs> I think, I think if anything, they're only going to improve that area. So I don't see why you can't put them at over. I like, great reason, man. I love that. And then trade. This is tough for me again, but I, I just because I'm, I'm a fan. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say over at 10. Um, but I don't like it. <laughs> if, if I was actually betting, I'd probably not bet at all because I don't know who my play caller is. You know, um, if you if you if you have Jimmy G, you're beating the Rams twice a year. No problem there. Uh, you except know, when it matters the most. Yeah. Yeah, except when it matters the most. But when it doesn't matter for what all oh, that last game, man, and that was an important game. But um, uh, I mean you the schedule is kind of all over the place. You're playing teams that I think are just very tough. You're playing the Chargers this year. Um, they're good. Uh, Chiefs are good. Uh, Raiders are good. Um, I, you know, and then there's a, you sprinkle a little, you know, you have the Seahawks that you're going to whoop ass on two, two, um, two weeks out of the year, two weeks out of the year, but that's only two. Um, so I, I'm going to have to save over, but that's, it's all, only because of heart. No, nothing else. Zero, nothing else. Okay. I'm going with 12 wins, 12 and five. Ooh. Trey Lance is grossly underrated. Y'all will see. Eyes will be opened. Moving on to fantasy here. We're just going to talk Trey Lance first, QB. QB number 14, uh, pick number 125 right now. On average, he's going right between Derek Carr, who Alex loves, and Kirk Cousins, who Eric loves. <laughs> <laughs> Trey, would you rather have – who of the three would you rather have? Look, I, I'm a Derek Carr guy. Um, I like Derek Carr. And that's, again, an emotional thing. I, I've never met the guy. I don't know why I say that. But uh, <laughs> I, I just, you know, I, I, I think that his team got better. I think that um, I think that he's going to have a, a bounce back season. And uh, Carr is just the better of the three, in my opinion. Tyler. 
Uh, Derek Carr, if you're listening, Trade wants to hang out eat, uh, and eat some poutine together. I think it's I think it's a good idea. Um, but I'm also gonna go Derek Carr. Um, I just think, especially, I think he's a guy that just you just kind of know what you're getting. I think the weapons around him have only improved. Um, I think you just gotta like his upside. And then Alex. Uh, I think Derek Carr is the answer if you haven't picked a quarterback somehow by this point. But if you've picked, uh, if you've maybe reached for somebody and you want a little bit of like sneaky upside, then go for Trey Lance. Um, obviously, Kirk Cousins is the goat, Eric. Um, I, I mean, I, it depends on where your, what your situation is. I think Derek Carr is the best answer. But if you are really want to just bank on some big upside, go Trey Lance. Like that, Elijah Mitchell, running back, is number running back number twenty four, pick number seventy two on average. There's rumors of the four ers going with a running back committee instead of a singular running back, which they don't normally do anyway. Eighth round seems extremely high for a running back committee. Do you guys agree? Yes or no? Yes. So you'd pick him in a later round. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Moving on, Debo Samuel. Uh, he may or may not play. Really depends on how this situation works out. But he's wide receiver number six right now and pick number 14. He's going before C.D. Lamb and before Tyreek Hill. Would you pick C.D. Lamb or Tyreek Hill over Debo at this point? Yeah, both of them. Uh, yeah. Okay, so you pick, so Debo will go way later than both those picks. Yeah. I didn't have Debo. My, you and I did not have Debo in our top ten. That's true. I, I didn't either, I don't think. I did. Nobody did. Wow. I did. I oh, did. of course he did. You're a loser. <laughs> <laughs> George Kittle. <laughs> <laughs> who uh, traded nailed by the way traded said George Kittle will be tied at number five and he's currently tied at number five off the board pick number 52 what is his ceiling with Trey Lance at QB does he go higher than his picks or does he go lower than where he's picked I mean you gotta say lower you're assuming Trey Lance is going to run more than what Jimmy G did um, and obviously and then in that aspect obviously George Kittle is an elite uh, tight end blocker so like if they're running schemes where Trey Lance is going to be running more often George Kittle's probably going to be doing some blocking which means he's not getting the ball in his hands which means fantasy points are not going to him so math <laughs> so lower the answer is lower. Yeah, I'm not saying lower but I gave my reasoning I like that Jade and Tyler what do you guys think um, well just going back to what we said about the tight ends last week or two weeks ago we have him at five that's exactly where he's going to be okay enough said uh, I would also have to lean towards lower. It's so hard though because we haven't really seen that Lance and that con- that connection yet. Uh, but I do have to agree with kind of what Alex was saying. He's more running quarterback, so you have to figure that's probably going to eat up some points from from him. So, but I don't. It's uh, that that's a tough one for me. Dude, Alex is like the savant of this episode. He's like answering every question with so much depth. It's crazy. <laughs> Love it. Moving on to the next team, we've got the Arizona Cardinals. Last season, 11-6. and six. I don't know where they ended up in the playoffs. I don't remember. Sorry about it. This offseason, they lost cornerback Malcolm Butler, running back Chase Edmonds, wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins for six games, and defensive end Chandler Jones. But they did gain Kyler, Kyler's roommate in college and you know teammate, obviously, and Marquise Hollywood-Brown. In the draft, they drafted tight end Trey McBride out of Colorado State with their first pick. Vegas over-under is, again, 9.5. Tyler over or under? I think they're going to be under. Um, I think they're going to be around that eight, nine range. Um, just because, I don't know, I'm, I'm not as 
high on Kyler Murray as I once was. I just I think that last half of the season was 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 really telling. Obviously, you have uh, Hopkins out for almost half the season. I think that's gonna you know uh, affect them a little bit. Um, so I, I think they're going to be under. I think they're kind of kind of be the kind of third third place team in, in this division. Shane, what do you think? I th- I actually think under. Um, I, I I don't like. You know, I don't like the fact that you're that you're starting out with an offense that is either suspended or injured. <laughs> I think, and I don't like the fact that you're starting against um, the Chiefs, Chargers, and the Raiders. I'm sorry, the Ram, the Rams, Raiders, and the Chiefs. I don't like that. That that that's a that's a um, that's a gauntlet if I've ever seen one. Especially given the fact that you don't have DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, that that's tough. Um, and I you know I wouldn't be surprised if they were 0 and three in the first you know first first three games um that that's going to make it tough to kind of to to climb out of um i i know that you know kyler murray is is a great quarterback um i you know he, he's he's great i just you know with 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 hopkins in uh with hopkins um suspension i i just question their ability to to really get going early i know that marquise brown is a, is a nice pickup but you can't, you kind of need the whole deal when you're playing in this division, this division is tough. This division is tough. So um, I, I see it under this year. And then Alex, I'm also going under. Um, I think we've seen without Deandre Hopkins, Kyler Murray has really struggled. Um, and, you know, Hollywood Brown's a great player, but he's no Deandre Hopkins. Um, you know, who else is kind of there, I guess, at this point, um, and we, we know we've seen hot starts and then they fade. This has been the last two years now. Um, it's just sort of a Kyler Cliff Kings, Kingsbury like kind of thing that they just fade at the end. Um, and Traden's right. This is still a tough division. It's maybe not as good as it was last year. Um, but, you know, this is no Joe good vision. And I just don't I don't think the Cardinals have gotten any better. Um, so I, I, I'm going to go with the under. I agree. I have them at seven games. The DeAndre Hopkins thing is going to hurt them way more than they think. Moving on to fantasy, Kyler Murray, QB number five currently, pick number 63. Tyler, obviously, my question is not going to apply to you because you think no, but does he have the potential to finish as a top two QB? Tyler says no because he alluded to it earlier. What about Traden and Alex? What do you guys think? Top two QB? In fantasy. No. No, I mean, Josh Allen's so good, he'll probably one and two. <laughs> yeah see no um I, I i can't see that i look when you're when you're when you don't have hopkins and just like alex said he struggled when you don't have hopkins and you said james the team's going to struggle more than they than we thought without without him the, those first few uh first almost half the season no there's no freaking way he can't run his way out of it he's not a josh allen i think that mahomes has a better chance of, of being a, a second qb um, I would even throw up uh, Herbert. I believe I threw up Herbert. There's no freaking way. Actually, I don't even think he was on my top ten. Maybe Kyler Murray was definitely in the top ten. Maybe he was, but uh, <laughs> he definitely was not in the top five. And if he was, I'm an idiot. Um, so no way. And then Alex said no as well. Yeah, I think uh, I think Jalen Hurts has a better shot at ending up betting better shot at ending up top two than. Than Kyler, if D Hop was healthy and in the whole yes. season, I think that's a diff- obviously a very different conversation. But right now, top two, no. James Conner going as running back thirteen right now, dude feasted on touchdowns last season. Pick number twenty six. He's going one pick ahead of Nick Chubb, who is the much better runner overall. Who would you rather have, Nick Chubb or James Conner? 
Chubb. Chubb. You have to assume some touchdown regression from James Conner. Absolutely. And then Trayton. Um, <laughs> I, I actually will say James Conner only because they don't have anybody else. Um, you know, Nick Chubb has some, some competition, I believe. Um, not saying that Nick Chubb is like not a, obviously Nick Chubb is the better running back. He just has a little bit more competition, a little bit. Um, and uh, you know, James Conner is all they're getting. They, all they may have to score touchdowns. So that's why I would only give him the, the upper hand there. We talked about Hollywood round before, but he's currently being drafted as wide receiver 21 pick number 59. Do you guys think this will be his best fantasy year yet? Having a, especially having a compensate quarterback that can throw the ball. I mean, if he's he's pretty much now the number one with the best quarterback he's had, you know, or the best real quarterback he's had. So, like, you would think it would be, but once D Hop comes back, you might see a big drop off towards the end of the end of the season. And the Cardinals always fade at the end of the season anyway. So, keep him for six games and then try to trade him. <laughs> it's a typical Sammy Watkins move right there. Yeah, <laughs> trade in Tyler. What do you guys think? I'm gonna have to agree here. Um, I, you know, I, I, I already said that they're going to have a tough, tough start. And, um, and then you, you know, you wait those six games and then you get DeAndre Hopkins back, who's pretty much the security blanket of Kyler Murray himself. I, I think, I, I think he may, he may have a nice season, but I don't know if he's going to have a, a, a career season. And then Tyler. Yeah, I agree with Traden. I mean, I think he'll do fine, but I don't think it's going to be eye poppingly good. You know, I, I just think, I think he'll be decent, but I think that's the best he's going to do. DeAndre Hopkins, we've talked about a bunch already. Obviously, he's suspended for six games. He's going as wide receiver 35, pick number 90. So that's that's top of the 10th round. You guys know that he's out for six games. How early would you draft him? Would you draft him in the 10th round, later or earlier? Trayden, what do you think? I don't – I way later. I mean, I don't know that you can. You can't, you can't afford to keep that kind of roster pick. You can't, you can't afford to keep a roster spot there, especially when we know the first three weeks – Running backs are going to go down. Wide receivers are going to go down. They always fucking do. And you can't and you can't have a guy who's going to be out there for six weeks on your roster when you don't have the room for that, especially when, you know, is he going to be completely ready to go in six, you know, six weeks? I don't know. You know, in my fans, league, I allow you to stash players on your IR who are suspended, right? I like that, like Mike Trout did with Tommy Pham. So that's definitely oh, possible. I was going to say, don't, don't tell Tommy Pham that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to get slapped. Nah. Tyler, what do you think? Where would you draft him? Oh, man, I I feel like if you got your team short up at, at round 10, like, I mean, especially, I mean, I'm kind of going off our draft where, which is not, I guess, not normal for most people. We, we, you know, we have our keepers and stuff. Like, I feel like you can get, if you have your running back set, you got your, you got your quarterback uh, you've got a flex option. Why not take a chance? You know, I, I, I think if, if, if the draft goes your way, I think it's, a, I don't think yes, hundred percent. I think it would kind of definitely depend on where the draft lies and what your team looks like, but I wouldn't completely just say absolutely one has been no to that. I think, I think depending on your situation, it's not the worst pick in the world. And then Alex. Tyler, you said some really good points right there. I you almost made me change my mind. Uh, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I 10 might be a little too early. Um, just because you can still get a lot of depth for, you know, like Trader was mentioning for potential injuries. Um, so I could maybe like 12 would probably be like the earliest I would go, but Tyler's right. It really will depend on kind of where your draft is going. You know, if you were kind of later in that first round and you got 
one of the top wide receivers and then you kind of have to rework it and you're you know worried about injuries, then go for it. And maybe you, that's a huge get if he's normal DeAndre Hopkins and you just miss the first six weeks and then you get him, you know, going into the playoff playoff fantasy playoff run. So um, I don't know, 10, 10 to 12 feels about right. If you're, if the draft is going your way, if you're not feeling great, then don't do it. Last but not least, we're going to talk about the L.A. Rams, your defending Super Bowl champs. Last season, 12-5. and Congratulations, guys. They did lose Von Miller, Robert Woods, and longtime left tackle Andrew Whitworth. But they did gain pretty much everybody to fill that position. They have Allen Robinson to fill in a wide receiver, Bobby Wagner to be a new linebacker, and then Joseph Noteboom to be a left tackle. In the draft, they picked a guard, Logan Russ, with their first pick out of Wisconsin. Win total right now is at 10.5. Alex, over under. This feels like an easy over. Um, they're, ob- I mean, they're on paper the best team in this division. Um, obviously, Super Bowl defending champs. Um, you know, you would just think another year with Matthew Stafford in Sean McVay's system, they're just going to get even better. You know, they're upgrading Allen Robinson over Robert Woods. You know, obviously, Woods got hurt. A lot of the way through, um, they picked up OBJ, obviously, but uh, this feels like an easy over. I got him at 13-4. Wow, good. Tyler? Yeah, I think I agree with Alex. I mean, I think 10 and a half is a little bit low for them, to be honest with you. Um, a little insulting, to be honest, but um, that's fine. That's fine. We'll just prove them wrong. Um, obviously, it's very hard to repeat a Super Bowl champs, but I don't have any reason to doubt that this Rams team is going to be very good and win a lot of games. I'm Yeah, I got about 12 or 13 wins for them as well. Um you know, I mean, they're they pretty much brought everyone back for the most part, except for those couple because those couple that James mentioned. Um, you know, you got to believe that Cooper Cup's going to come down a little bit from the all-time season he had last year, but I think you know they still have the depth there. Matthew Stafford is still fantastic. I think their, their chemistry on, on on offense is probably the best in the league. Defense always going to be good with with Aaron Donald uh, running the show. So easy over. And then Jake. Yeah, it's not an easy over, guys. Um, nothing's easy in this league. Um, and I actually am going to say it is an over, but very slight. Uh, it's just 10 and a half, right, James? Correct. So I'm going to say it right at 11. Um, and that's good. And that's honestly being, um, being generous. They're going to have a, they're going to have a target on their back. According to, uh, um, according to, um, you know, stats, they have the third toughest schedule in the league. Um, that, that makes it tough. Um, and we saw that they only went three and three in their own division. That's not very, that's not very great. You do don't, you may not have to face, uh, um, Garoppolo. So there's that, um, you, you won't have to face, um, Russell Wilson. So there's that. So, okay, I'll give you that, but I don't know, guys, I, you know, you're, you're losing that you're losing, you know, Von Miller. I know you're, I know you replaced him, but I just don't know if you're going to get that same oomph. Yeah, you have great connection with uh, with Cooper Cup, but maybe, but uh, you know, I don't know. I I just think that there's going to be a bigger target on the Rams' back. I never thought that they were the best team, and now everyone's going to be kind of like, oh, this is the Rams. They get up for those types of games. That means something. And um, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that you guys are gonna shit the bed, but I I don't think it's gonna be as easy as you guys think. I think on paper this team actually got better. Bobby Wagner is not washed by any means. He's a phenom- phenomenal linebacker. Everything about this team got better, but I still have them only at 12 wins. Reason being is that, yeah, they're good. We still got to fight every single game. And it's just, how is that chemistry going to pan out? And how is that going to work day, week in and week out? 
how are injuries going to happen? There's always that element of luck, and we'll see. They're <laughs> Alex, I agree. They on Tyler, I agree. They are the best team in the National Football League. They look great. Let's see how week one goes. Moving on to fantasy. Matthew Stafford, pick number 103, quarterback number 12. Would anybody pick him inside the top 10? Would they be? Would he be starting quarterback for any of you guys? Probably not. I mean, he's obviously got no, he's got no running ability. Um, but, you know, if one of those other guys starts to falter, he's a great, great guy to pick up. You know, definitely had some interception problems last year. But when you got Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson, then – that's a good that's a good little wide receiver core to be thrown to. Tyler. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he he quite has the versatility to be a great fantasy quarterback, but I think he's kind of right in the middle. So I think he's a he's a he he's a depth piece. So I mean if, if, if you have an injury or you know you're trying to keep keep, uh, keep a guy that you know isn't doing as well, I think Stafford's a good kind of QB two, even that doesn't really exist, but that's kind of where he is. And then trade. I mean, I don't have very much to add. You guys just hit the nail on the head. Don't mean to be uh, lack of depth, as James has uh, called me out on. But uh, that's all I got. I don't have anything else to say. <laughs> uh, running back Cam Akers, pick number 30, running back 15 right now. Going right next to Saquon Barkley. Saquon or Cam? Rapid fire. Trading who you got? Oh. <laughs> I'm going to say – oh, God. Uh, I'm going to say – Saquon just because <laughs> I, I guess I guess I guess the offense and um, with the Rams is just too dynamic that I think that that he that he may not get the 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 touches that um you'd like to see and Saquon might just simply get more uh, more action and that alone is going to give you more points Tyler uh Cam and Alex I'm going Saquon. I think there's a bit of a committee in Los Angeles right now. And kind of what Traden was saying, I think Saquon's going to be the main running back. Um, obviously, big injury issues there, but I think you have to go Saquon right there. Well, I mean, Saquon was my, in my top 10. He's my number 10 running back. So I definitely pick Saquon. Last but not least, Cooper Cup, wide receiver number one, obviously, going as pick number three on average. Would you guys pick him up one or two? Probably a little early for me. Tyler. Two, wow, okay, and then trade. Um, I just think that run, running still is just a too much of a premium in this game, and um, I don't know that you can bring him above two, <laughs> three is right where he lands. So, two, three, and three, awesome. Yeah, that wraps up NFC West. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, James. Uh, hopefully, you know, we did some good good predicting this time. Um, I don't know, James, two wins for the Seahawks seems a little brutal. Um, <laughs> I hate Seattle. Looks like I hate Chicago. James hates Seattle. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, and now we are coming out of the All-Star break, and Tyler is going to take us through what's going on in the baseball world. Okay, last segment of the week, Tyler's Oh Dams. Uh, we are officially into the second half of the Major League Baseball season. Trade deadline is coming up. Tyler, what's going on? Oh, damn. Uh, I just saw this. This is completely not part of what I discussed, but um, the the Yankees and the Mets are currently playing, playing a series. It's the first time ever 
that they play each other when both teams are in first place. Wow. I think that's pretty insane considering how long both those teams have been around. The Yankees have obviously been around forever. And they seem like they're always winning. Mets are always kind of inconsistent with that. But the fact that that's never happened before is pretty crazy because they always, they're, they're, they're interleague, but it's like the, it's like the freeway series with the Dodgers and angels. They play each other every single year. Um, so the fact that that's never happened is pretty wild. Uh, Mets won game one. They're currently tied two, two in the eighth. So if you want some good mid midsummer baseball, tune into Mets Yankees on ESPN. It's, it's definitely a good one. Um, but moving on to my uh, Odams from the week, uh, the all-star game that we were recording during last week uh, concluded the American league one again, they seem to always freaking win it. They won three to two, uh, got off to a really good start for the national league. They got to a, a, a two nothing start in the first inning and pretty much didn't do a shit after that. Um, but uh, Giancarlo Stanton was the MVP uh, with his two run home run that tied the game. I think it was the fifth inning. Um, and so like I said, um, American league won again, but, you know, kind of all together, it, it, it's a good, fun exhibition game. So kind of, I know not all of you guys watch it. Please watch the highlights or kind of just kind of, what was your biggest takeaway from this year's all-star game? James, what do you got? I think it's crazy that uh, Tony Gonsolin, the, the pitcher for the Dodgers, who hadn't lost a game at that point, was the losing pitcher. Mm-hmm. Like he hadn't lost a game all season long, but in the all-star game, he was the one that lost the all-star game. I think that's hilarious. Uh, but also, MLB All-Star Game is the best All-Star Game to actually watch because it's competitive. Like, people are actually, like, trying to hit the ball and trying to pitch well. In football, you play, like, uh, flag football. And basketball is pretty much dunks and threes from way out there. Hockey's three-on-three. Three. Like, it's it's really cool to watch a game, an All-Star Game, that uses the best players to actually showcase their abilities in the competitive way. I think it's really cool. Train, what about you? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, I think James kind of kind of hit one of my points. Um, just the fact that the game is is actually competitive. I mean, you saw Shohei swing on the first pitch, get on base, and then and then fucking Clayton's like fuck you, and then gets him out. <laughs> like, and then they laugh about it, and then but there's still like that competitive that competitive um, you know thing, and that it was pretty cool. Um, Alec Manoa is a beauty. I mean, that's that's all. <laughs> That's all. That's uh, all. Uh, you know, give some, give some props to him, um, and then clap. You know, just like in, just like Stanton does, he just does his thing, and here we are. AL wins again. NL sucks. So, uh, I guess, I guess what, what, what my biggest takeaway is, um, continue to just bet the AL because I just don't think that the NL has it. <laughs> yeah, it's ever since I've been around the, the NL, I think has won. What maybe they they went on a streak there where they went like two or three in a row, and every other time I can remember they've lost. Like it's crazy. But Alex, what what's what's your takeaway from this year's also game? Uh, it's definitely better. I mean, I mean this has been a couple of years now, but the all-star game is so much better now that it doesn't determine the World Series home field advantage. Like guys are having fun. That was so stupid when they did that. Obviously, like Shohei saying, I'm swinging first pitch. Then, then swings on the first pitch and then gets picked off. Like, it doesn't matter. It's all, all good fun. Obviously, like, you're in L.A. You get to see Kirsch, Shohei in the first at-bat of the game is pretty sweet. Um, it just shows how good pitching is now. Obviously, these are the best hitters in the world, and they scored a combined five runs off of these guys. And, you know, three of them, three of those runs were – or two runs were off McClanahan and three runs were off Tony Gonsolin, and that was it. Everyone else was just like, don't even try. Um 
great. Yeah, it, it was a great All Star break. Um, and yeah, just hitting a baseball is hard. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, my biggest takeaway was like was was seeing Kershaw start that All Star game in front of the Dodger Stadium crowd. I mean, that was amazing. I think that's going to be my biggest memory from this year's All Star game. Did you cry for sure. I, I cried. I mean, I was doing the podcast while it was happening, so I'd, I had to hold it together. Um, but uh, it was it was it was awesome. Uh, the fact that he went out there and put up a zero, struck out uh, Aaron Judge was awesome. Um, so for me, that 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 for sure is my biggest takeaway. It's unfortunate that Tony Gonson of Dodgers had to be the losing pitcher that game. But like I said, the biggest takeaway is the Kershaw starting it and putting up a zero. That was awesome. Um, but also we also wanted to rate the jerseys. Uh, I know that, uh, last year's all-star jerseys got the worst rating. I think anything that's ever been rated ever in the history of life. Uh, it was, it was, they were pretty awful. So let's, let's see how this year's ratings did. Um, let's share my screen here and we're going to pull them up. There they are. Um, I think they're pretty good. I definitely, definitely way better than last year for sure, but uh, let's just go around real quick and let's rate these guys. Uh, James, what do you got on these? I like them a lot. Uh, the color scheme is simplistic. It wasn't like last year, like the red and the blue. It's not loud. It's very much simple, minimal. It tells you where they're from, what team they play for. I like how the jerseys are kind of alternates of each other in a way. Um, that's really cool. And I have them simple, like 8.3 out of 10. Love them. They're great. Nice. Uh, Trading. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, they're, they're clean. Um, you know, they, they show obviously the, the, the logos on the front are all just basically the same, just put in a, in a color scheme that, you know, kind of matches each other, but then they're, they're um, you know, they are opposite each other as well between the two leagues. Um, I'm going to give these guys um, an 8.2. Alex. Yeah, I agree with trade. And I like how they're pretty much the team's normal jerseys, but just, you know, a little, all star deed up, I guess. Um, I like the little star in the hat just to be like, yeah, we're all stars. Woo. I wish they were like, I guess a little more LAE. Like they're the colors are a little, little bland, but other than that, I they're obviously miles and miles better than the ones from last year. Um, I'm gonna give them a, just a solid eight. All right, yeah, I agree with you guys. Um, my only kind of critique is just, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh Vanderbilt's jersey uh college they pretty much look exactly like them um so it but again but i I think for for this purpose i thought on the field they looked fantastic i thought they really they popped i think they i liked the way how they did it it was much more simple they didn't try too hard like 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 last year which which i definitely like um again that's that that's a hat i would for sure buy and wear i think that's really cool with kind of the the black and gold i think that's always a, a good combo and you don't really see it in sports a whole lot. I mean, the Saints do it, obviously. Vanderbilt does it. But other than that, I don't know. So there's like a really big name sports franchise that, you know, goes black and gold all that often. And, um, and I think and I think it worked pretty well. So um, I'm going to go I'm going to go eight point one just to be different for everyone. <laughs> so we got eight point oh to eight point four. But I think we all pretty much At agree. Eight point three, bro. Oh, what, whatever. You know, whatever. Um <clears throat> Close enough. But yeah, we pretty much all agree, um, which doesn't happen very often. I feel like we always have a little bit different of opinions on on these jersey ratings, but we all kind of agree right around an eight. Um, so yeah, moving on to um, other ODAMs. This was a major ODAM. Uh, this happened, what was it, Friday night. Um, the Toronto Blue Jays put up four touchdowns 
on the Boston Red Sox, 28 points. Um, it was insane. It was, it was, it was almost more the Red Sox fault than it was the Blue Jays oh, yeah. success. Oh, yeah. um, some pretty awful defensive plays all game long. The Red Sox are not looking very good right now. The Blue Jays are looking the opposite when it, this, this AL East is insane. This AL wild card is insane. Um, so we're going to kind of go around and just talk about the AL wild card and just kind of where you think this is going. I think so many teams have been on roller coasters all, all year. Um, it's, it's been insane. Do you guys think the Red Sox, I mean, we talked about the Red Sox a month ago saying, oh, they're hot. Maybe they'll make it. And then train was like, no way. And then the, the Red Sox like won a bunch of games, like, ha, Trayden, you suck. And now the Red Sox suck again. And we're like, oh, maybe Trayden was right. So, uh, <laughs> Trayden, I guess I'll start with you. Kind of just obviously first thoughts on this game of the Blue Jays scoring 28 and then kind of where you see this the, the wild card picture happening. Did, did anyone else watch it? No. I watched highlights, but I was on my way to Dodger Stadium while it was kind of – Okay, so I was the only one that watched it because obviously when I'm in Canada. We were at a, we were at a pub and – um you know they're everyone's a blue jays fan in canada we came in in the third inning and it was 14 to 0 or 4 yeah 14 to 0 and i was like holy fuck it might have been 14 1 whatever uh and um and we're like holy shit and all of a sudden you know fourth fifth inning one of the innings they put up 11 runs it was <laughs> unfucking believable and i was with you know my uncle my dad and a, you know a couple of the family members that i haven't watched much baseball but that is by far the worst defensive baseball I have ever fucking seen in my entire life. It was like me playing MLB the show. Like, cause I can't play defense. That was what I, what, that was what I was watching. Um, there were three guys that would, that were, were in the infield as the ball, you know, got popped up and it went between all three of them. The pitcher didn't move. None of them moved. It was, it was, it, that was one of them, one of the few that they missed. It was unbelievable. So yeah, the Blue Jays looked hot, but trust me, the, the Red Sox made them look really bad and they don't. And my chicken dicks chance of them going into the playoffs is back on. There's no chicken dicks chance. They're making it in. Uh, uh, that is my prediction there. The, or, the, the Baltimore Orioles though. Mm-mm, got my eye on you. I like that. I like, I like that they are, uh, that, that they're climbing up. Um, but you still have the Mariners that have just looked very, very good as of late. And I think the Mariners are going to pick that, um, pick that spot um, um, in the, in the wild card race anyway. Um, so. Yeah. Well, you said chicken dick chance again. So that that's the Red Sox magic word for going on a run. So oh, you messed it up. I did. I will, fucked up. We, we will, we will see, we'll see what happens, but uh, Alex, what, what are your thoughts on that game? And then kind of the AL wild card at the moment. I mean, it happens to every team every once i mean not 28 28 is a lot but you get you get shit on every once in a while but yeah trading you're not wrong um that's some of the worst defense i've ever seen uh over like a week span like the red Sox are just they're struggling right now there's just no way to you know there's no way to sugarcoat it um you know obviously they're dealing with a lot of injuries they just they just do not have the depth people are playing out of position um at one point christian vasquez who's a catcher had his he's playing first base, catches the ball, but takes his foot. He took his foot off before the ball got there. And he was like, What did I do? And they're like, Bro, you gotta be touching it. It's like, are you little league? Like, I know you catch, but like that's just like basic baseball fundamentals. So uh this the socks are in trouble for sure. Um, you know, looking at the standings, like 
it, uh, it, it was this crazy thing where there's like, wow, there's all these teams kind of in it. And now you're looking at it. You're like, okay, Cleveland, I just saw they could possibly trade Shane Bieber. Baltimore is kind of playing with house money. Boston is struggling. The White Sox are also hurt again. Like it could almost kind of be like the Eastern conference and the NHL where you're like, Oh, it's done. Like these are the teams that are going to make the playoffs, which is super lame. Um, the only thing that could be interesting if is if Boston decides to blow it up and start selling off some of these pieces, that'll make this next week really interesting. Yeah. We're going to get to trade deadline stuff here in a minute, but uh, James, same question about the game and then kind of wh- where you see this ale wild card playing out. At what point do you give up during a game? Like, do you just stop caring? Is oh, they like gave up zero? after the second inning, bud. Yeah. But how many points, how many points? Oh. You're like, ah, I'm just uh, not good. First of all, runs. Don't ever say points in baseball. How many points would it take for you to give up? Uh, I don't know. I feel like a 10-run lead is kind of that cap. We're like, okay, fuck. Let's just get this game over with for me. But, but they. But the thing is they have to, to – to end the game, they have to play defense. Yeah. yeah. That's tough. <laughs> <laughs> like really if you give up, it's just going to get which worse. The, which is quite on what the Red Sox – I mean, they gave up and they didn't play defense, which made it even worse, so – yeah, that's my thoughts on the game, man. Like, it is what, like, the Red Sox just blew it. And then they stopped caring. Um, in terms of the wild card, I, the Blue Jays, I, Blue Jays raised, and surprisingly, like, to go against what Alex said, I like the White Sox. Even though they're injured again, I think they're, like, as a team, their mentality is to, okay, we got to start winning now or we're not making it. And it's starting to show. They're bringing, they're bringing some gritty scores and they're playing some gritty baseball to try and squeeze out any win they can get. Over, you think the White Sox over the Mariners? Yeah. They're like five games behind. Yeah, wait for it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I hate Seattle. It's a, it's a lot of baseball. <laughs> I hate Seattle. Uh, I, I want Seattle to make it just because it's been so long. They've got the longest drought. I would love to see Baltimore in there too. I just think that would be a crazy story. I don't think they're going to quite do it. I think if any team on the outside looking in it is going to make it, it is going to be the White Sox, <clears throat> but they're going to have to climb a lot of teams to do it. Um, I think Toronto is going to be in there for sure. And then I think it's kind of just Tampa Bay and some other team. Um, but yeah, it's, it'll, it'll be interesting to watch for sure. And yeah, that, those games are always just, what the hell happened, man? That it's just, it's crazy. They almost met a record. 30 was the record. Guys. Yeah. You should have uh, done it, man. Let's be the record. That's what I was, yeah, I know. They I like was like, off. at that point, I was like, dude, just go for the record. You know, that, that's kind of what you want, but they didn't, they couldn't quite do it. If only that they had a couple more guys on base during a home run or something. Oh, well try again next year. Um, yeah. The Red Sox are not looking great. Um, but that brings us to, my last point here is the trade deadline, ladies and gentlemen, is July 31st, which is on Sunday. So we're coming up. Obviously, last week, we, we talked a lot about Juan Soto and kind of his prospects. So my question to the boys is, like, what is a team or player that you have your eyes on, the one that you're really interested to see where they're going to go or what they're going to do besides Juan Soto, since you already talked about that everyone's talking about Juan Soto, rightfully so. But other than him, like, what's the team or player that you're really interested in, in seeing being moved? Uh, Alex, who you got? Um, I mean, for as a Dodgers fan, I'm interested to see what sort of bullpen help they get just based on how many injuries they've been dealing with um, over there. Um, obviously, they're in the Juan Soto, Juan Soto sweepstakes. Um, but I think on a not my team, a what the Mets and the Braves do respectively 
because they're kind of the like one of the only divisions now that um you know other than maybe like the nl central that has you know a good little battle going on um and these are obviously two teams with world series aspirations so I'm, i really want to see kind of what they do um you know maybe they do like a cubs brewers thing from like 2008 when the brewers got cc sabathia and the cubs got rich Harden, and they were trying to like duke it out maybe those guys are both trying to go for the same player so i'm i'm looking at what what the mets and the braves are gonna be doing really curious what's happening there yeah i like that that's definitely the best division race in baseball for sure uh james what about you i'm really interested to see what happens to wilson Contreras, the uh catch out of the cubs i, I was on twitter yesterday and it just kind of disheartening and sad to see him just giving like his last hugs. Cause that's, a, he knows that's his last game playing in Chicago as a, as a player at the clubs. And it's just like, he's spent his entire career there. He loves being there. He's, he bleeds the Cubs colors and he's going to be gone. And it's just very interesting because typically he's going to be traded to a team that's going to win now a contender. And a lot of times you have these pitchers who are familiar with those, their certain backstops, their catchers, and it might be weird to have a new catcher come in there who is going to be playing damn near every day because of his bat and how good his bat is. And he's having to adjust those pitches and the chemistry there. And it's going to be weird to see how that turns out. But I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. Yeah, the Cubs really screwed that whole situation up. Like, they had so many good players that they just – I feel like they kind of gave up a little bit too quickly um, after, after winning that world series. And, you know, it was kind of deja vu with, uh, Chris Bryant, you know, very similar reaction. I think all those players really liked playing in Chicago. And, you know, I've, I've been to Wrigley field one time. It's a great baseball town. So I completely understand why you wouldn't want to leave there. Unfortunately, just management wasn't able to kind of do their job there, unfortunately, but Wilson Contreras is kind of the, kind of the last guy there. That was part of that big core group of guys that won that world series. Um, so yeah, that'll be definitely interesting to see who wants that, uh, you know, he was the starting catcher for the uh, NL, so definitely a, a great grab for some team out there. Uh, Trade, what about you? Um, you guys are gonna kill me. Um, first of all, I am I'm taking a big look, look at the Mets to, to Alex's point, and the reason I say that is because they haven't fucked it up yet. <laughs> they would have already fucked it up by now, and they haven't fucked it up. So maybe this is actually a chance for them to go, and I would love to see them go. I'd love to see them. Um, you know. I'd love to see them compete and, and be relevant and, and win because I fucking hate the Yankees and I'm sick of, I'm sick of that, that being the only New York team that we talk about. So I'm all for the Mets right now. Um, and I, you know, I, I'll be keeping an eye on them so that because they haven't fucked it up yet, they can, they can, they can, uh, you know, load up for, for the, for the long postseason run. The team that I'm going to look at, you guys are going to hate me is the Houston Astros. The Houston Astros are my, are, are my team to beat in the AL. I think that they're the best team in the AL. I know that that sounds insane, but I think that they're the team to beat in the AL. They are a catcher away, and I would not be surprised if Contreras went to, uh, went, went to Houston. Um, that, is, that is what they need. They need, they, need someone who can, they need someone who can hit, but most importantly, they need, someone, uh, they need a better backstop. Contreras is right there, uh, and I think that that would make them even more formidable. I mean, I know we're talking about the Yankees, but guys, I mean, I, I think I think that the you know I think that the Astros have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder because we you know we 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 the entire league has shit on them for so long because of the cheating scandal, which was abhorrent. It was terrible. They're trying to prove that it wasn't just a fucking fluke that they that they continue to to win the West, they continue to make the playoffs, and they are a team to be reckoned with. 
not that I want them to win, but I'm watching more because they're because I think that they are, you know, they they are going for something here. And uh, th- I would not be surprised if they make a big move next week. Yeah, and they definitely got the Yankees number, man. I think like we talked about that a few weeks ago, how they just seem to be able to beat up on that team and they always look good. It's fucking hate it, but it is what it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I like that pick. I think for me, player wise, uh, Luis Castillo from the uh, Cincinnati Reds, uh, I think probably the best starting pitcher on the trade block. That's what teams are always looking for. So I'm interested to see where he goes. I think there's so many teams that are, that are in the mix for him. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see where he ends up. And then team wise, like, I'm just curious to see what the Padres are going to do. Um, I know that he, there, he's definitely one of the, or he, the Padres are definitely one of the top teams in the one Soto, uh, sweepstakes, but I, th- I think if they don't do Soto, they're still going to do something else big. I think that they're sick and tired of being in the Dodgers shadow. And I think that they're going to try and do their best to try and get out of it. It, pr- it probably won't come in terms of a, a division title, but hopefully, you know, they're going to make the wild card and, Maybe we'll beat them somewhere down the line. Hope, and they're going to try and add a piece that's going to down. Like I think they're very motivated to make a big move. Um, so I'm very curious to see what 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 the Padres are going to do. So stay tuned, guys. Uh, it's always fun. Uh, MLB trade deadline. It's always crazy how many things go down last minute. Um, so we'll see what teams are going to stack up for the October run. Uh, so stay tuned for that. I'm sure we'll be talking about it next week. Uh, but that's all I got for baseball. Yeah, thank you, Tyler. Um, yeah, it'll be over by the time we record next week. So we'll have known whether some of these guys are moving or not or in where they're going. Um, so that'll be interesting. Um, other than that, that ends episode 108. You know, thank you guys for listening. Um, I know we recorded a day later, uh, just scheduling conflicts. Um, other than that, have a great week, you guys, and we'll, we'll see you next time. <laughs>